to the Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast, NCA edition. Uh, this is going to be our week four pick episode. Got a little special guest for the people that are watching on YouTube. If you can see, we have a third edition this week. We're going to get to him in just a minute after we review last week. Reese, what is uh, what is up? What were your thoughts on last week? Oh, not too much, man. It uh, didn't perform quite as well as week two, but we still both ended up above 500, and I got that lock, so I'm I'm sitting pretty. Yeah, if, if anyone that listens would have just listened at the very beginning when I said just bet the locks, if you would bet just Reese's locks, you'd be uh, having a pretty successful year. I, I'm not even sure he's missed one yet, to be honest. Have you missed a lock? I have, I have not missed a lock yet. I do not I say I so. didn't think so. I did miss my lock. You probably because, just jinxed me, though. Well, yeah. Don't pick Florida State. <laughs> the, uh, I missed my lock last week because Missouri trotted out the largest kicker I've ever seen for 90 yards away to hit a field goal to give Missouri the win over Kansas state, unfortunately, but overall Janikowski in disguise. It, I think it was, I think it was his brother or something. Son. Yes. Sea bass. <laughs> <laughs> so last week I went 17 and 14. So still kept over the winning record over 50% still said, did, did miss the lock. Reese stayed over 50% at 16 and 15 hitting the lock with a little miss. All right. So before we go into the next thing we are going to introduce, so, Notre Dame's playing Ohio State this week. Huge game. Someone's going to be in attendance at this game. This is our friend from high school, another wonderful Delta grad, Andrew Carter. We'll just refer to him as Carter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at the bottom. I believe it's T-H-A-A Carter. Is that right? The yeah. Carter. Like a little Wayne. Oh. The Carter. Yeah. That's what I like to see. <laughs> All right, so last week we had a pretty big discussion about Mel Tucker and all the things that were going on at Michigan State. Uh, he's I don't think they've actually officially fired him yet, but everything says he's fired. I, I haven't seen anything that's actually confirmed this yet, but tons of reports. He's basically gone. There's already articles of who's going to replace him. So that's kind of what I wanted to get into here. I'm going to name a few guys that I've seen on the list, and I just want to see your guys' thoughts just to see if any of these people are people that you would go with. Uh, Colorado offensive analyst Pat Shermer, Duke head coach Mike Elko, Toledo coach Jason Candle, Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith, uh, hopefully not this guy, Kansas head coach Lance Leopold, Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman. Uh, those are just some of the names I've heard. I've also, um, I can't think of his name right now, but Colorado's offensive coordinator from Kent State, I think Sean Lewis maybe? Sean Lewis. Yeah. I've seen his name also. Um, if you if you had to hire this right now, what would be your thoughts? We'll start with Reese. What uh, where would you start here in your your hiring process? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of names that have been thrown out right now. Mike Elko being the one of the more intriguing ones, I think, just because of how quickly he's been able to turn around that Duke program. Uh, so that one's interesting. You mentioned uh, Leopold at Kansas. My, I think my concern there is uh, I'm assuming that the organization is going to want to try to find somebody that's going to be there long term and Leopold's 60. So I don't know if that's the the right move. Um, a couple other names that I've read, just trying to research this a little bit, are names like Willie Fritz at Tulane, um, uh, Jason Candle, 
Mark Stoops. The one that I think is a little intriguing is the Buckeye offensive coordinator, Brian Hartline. I think that's one of my favorites because he's young. He'd bring a lot of excitement to this team. He's familiar with the Big Ten t- uh, you know, games. And then another one that I've, I read earlier today is the uh, Pats offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, which hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that would be uh, where – that that's going to end up if it, if I'm making a pick, I'm probably looking between Mike Elko and Brian Hartline. Those are the two guys that I would be looking at. Carter, what what are you thinking about with this? Um, those were all some names that I came across. Uh, one I don't think you guys mentioned was Pat Narduzzi, uh, the yeah. coordinator under Dan Tony there for a bit. One that uh, as soon as I saw was Pat Shermer, the offensive analyst for Colorado. Yeah, what they're doing there, and he was a former Michigan State. Uh, defensive yep. coach and alum so that kind of connection always kind of uh, uh, I don't know that's what I kind of look for in a new college coach especially when you're coming out of something like this the scandal right bring someone back home and then uh, my favorite though would probably be Mike Elko he was a former Notre Dame DC and he's done amazing at Duke so my and worry then, yeah. is my worry is with the conference changing next year I think we talked about this on the preview show for, for NCAA was Michigan state is going to become one of those teams that was like halfway relevant to almost an irrelevant team in the big 10. So I think they need to make a splash hire someone that's going to keep the program interesting. That's because Washington and USC are immediately coming in and jumping them. I mean, I, I just, they easily could be a very mid level to below average team in the big 10, which Michigan state has generally been an above average team in the conference. So, I just think they need to make some sort of splash hire here. It could go down. I mean, it's already going downhill pretty quick the way that their administration's handling things, but I feel like it could get real bad. Yeah, that's the, my big thing is like whoever you hire, like do some better fucking background checks because this university cannot find people <laughs> that can't keep out of trouble. Like, I, yeah, we, we talked about that last one week. Like, yeah, man, I don't. I, I would not be proud to be flying the Spartan flag, <laughs> you know, like I just. They, they need to figure it out there. I don't know if it's a systemic issue or if it's just pure bad luck, but they, they need to make sure they do their due diligence um, and and find somebody that's going to be sticking around for a while and is, is going to bring some solidarity back to that yeah. program. They should just hire Izzo. They should just have him coach both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so another big topic from last week, uh, Colorado, Colorado State. Uh, we've got a DB on Colorado State, Henry Blackburn. He laid a, I mean, first we're going to talk about the hit, but he laid a little bit of, well, it was a late hit on Travis Hunter, but he didn't go at his head. He didn't go at his legs. He, he hit him right in the stomach. It was late. Yes. First, I want to start with what were you guys' thoughts on the hits? Do you think he should have been ejected? Do you think it should have been a penalty? Do you think anything should have happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i take the lead on this. Tra- Travis Hunter itself, himself came out and said that he doesn't hold any ill will towards this dude, and he doesn't think that it was it was a terrible hit. It was a football hit. Football is a dangerous, violent sport. He could have been a little bit more lenient on this and chalked it up as old school football. My problem was after the hit, staring him down was a little much, but is that worth getting, you know, suspensions or anything like that? No, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't. There was no targeting, you know, he didn't lower his head. Um, all things considered, like it wasn't an overly violent hit just besides the fact that it was late And the, those teams obviously have some real animosity between each other. So I, I think it's a nothing burger. I think a, a, this is probably a, a, a bigger scenario just because, you know, the talking heads 
need right. to have something to to rile things up about and primetime's team has been in primetime every single week because he does a good job of making sure that they're relevant so yeah, and uh, last week I, in the fucking morning block at 2 30 in the morning yeah exactly so i i i kind of lean with travis hunter on this and he's the one who got hit like i i don't see much into this carter what were your thoughts yeah I'm with you. I mean, it's being talked about because of the numbers that came in. What was it? 9.3 million people were watching this game, which is crazy. Just shows you the magnitude of Dion and what he's brought there. But man, all the chirping all week is a big game, big rivalry. I mean, I don't, if I'm a Colorado state fan, I love it. You're laying the boom on their best player. Now looking forward to some of our picks. I don't really like it for Colorado. They're losing probably one of their best players on both sides of the ball this week. Yeah. So, and I think they end up flagging that, right? Was it just a late fifteen yard late hit? Yeah, he got a fifteen yeah, yard penalty. Wasn't targeting. Nope. He kept he kept it nope. in the body. So, I'm and with see, you guys. Move it along. That was exactly my thoughts of it too. Like, I mean, I grew up with Florida State, Miami, and like, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna yeah. talk, you're gonna talk that much shit before the game. Stuff like that's going to happen. Like, that's what definitely you want that in a rivalry game. Like, for the people that are like, kick this kid out of school. It's like. Hit the fuck! Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and search Sean Taylor hits, and then (laughs) sit down because uh, (laughs) this is like if you compare to some of that stuff, man. It's yeah, it's it it wasn't nearly as bad as I think that was a lot of it. To to Carter's point was nine million people were watching this game. How many of those people are that invested in watching football on a regular basis? Are are now getting pulled into it because of what primetime's doing to keep them in in conversation nationally? So. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot to do about nothing. So so with the injury, they're they're saying Hunter at most or at least should be out three games. So right now Colorado's three and zero. Oh, so we're gonna have a little discussion on what we think their record is at the end of the year. So the next three games, if Hunter is out for those games, is at Oregon this week, home against USC, and at Arizona State. The week after that is a home game against Stanford, which we all know is awful, and then it's a bye week. So I would think at, at worst Hunter's back after the bye for the UCLA game. So I'll just start here. I'm going to read through the rest of the schedule real quick. And then I just want a prediction of how many more games you think they'll win this year. So like I said, at Oregon, home against USC, at Arizona State, home against Stanford, and they have a bye. At the Rose Bowl for UCLA, home against Oregon State, home against Arizona, at Pullman for Washington State, and at Utah. So that is, let's see, nine games. How many of those nine do they win? Carter, you want to go on this one? Carter. Yeah, I, I've got them down. I went through all of them, and I've got them winning only three more games. Uh, the schedule's so tough. The Pac-12 is loaded. And, I mean, I could – the most I could – I could see them get to 8-4, but I got them at 6-6 six and six right now. I mean, which is a great improvement off of last year's – Oh, 100%. One, one win. Yeah. And, and I wasn't going to jump in, and but you did pick my exact number, so I'm just going to mat- just say it. Uh, I matched you. I have three. I'm guessing we're picking the exact same three. Risa, what are are your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, obviously, I've I've been a a pretty big fan of this team here. I see them going somewhere between seven and five and eight and four, uh, probably leaning towards the seven and the five. It's going to be really tough for them to win against Oregon, USC, Oregon State and Washington State. All of those games are going to be tough. I think they handle the Arizona State and uh, Stanford games. UCLA game is a little iffy just because they're on the road. I do think they can handle Arizona at home. And then the final question is, can they handle Utah at the end of the year? And that's in Utah. And I don't know that they can. So that's why I've got it flipping between seven and five and eight and four Um, leaning towards seven and five. But if you look at what this program has been versus where they're at right now, this is still a drastic improvement. And Dion, 
I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens with this team next year with the uh, transfer portal and, and all of that stuff. So well, and uh, he, they're moving in the right direction either way. I think it was yesterday. It might have even been this morning, but they did come out and say, now, is this bullshit to get recruits in or what? But they did say that Shador and Shiloh were both going to be back next year, which Shador coming back next year I, is shocking. I, I don't know why he would do that. But, um, Carter, I, I will come to you in a second. I just want to match – so I'm guessing you have at Arizona State, home against Stanford, and at Arizona as the three wins? Yep, those three. Okay, that's what I had, too. That's what um, I figured. The other – I mean, the rest of those games are all on the road, it seems like. Washington State, Utah. Uh, at UCLA, I could see him maybe pulling that out against the freshman and Dante Moore, but that's on the road. Um, Oregon State, they get that at home. But I, I see uh, Uwe Angale and – beavers beating them there so yeah their defense is very uh, yeah. good it'd just be tough and hey if they go six and six and get to a bowl game that's yeah gonna it's be huge a hell of a draw hell of yeah. a draw so and it's huge yeah the only the only thing i would say about the ucla game is they've struggled to play defense and ucla's offense is way better than any of those teams they've played so far so that's why in dante at that point will have played like yeah. six games so i i think it'll be for sure right. but yeah so Reese, so you said seven. I know you said seven or eight, but you think seven will probably be the so we're yeah, like I'm, six to seven wins. Six to seven wins. Yeah, I'm leaning seven and five. If they if they go eight and four, I'll be surprised. It's there's a slim possibility there, but I, I'm leaning towards seven and five. If they go eight and four, then they upset someone huge, and that's that's going to be a very large deal for them. I just I'm I I don't think they have the defense that can do that, but. I mean, you never. I don't. I don't think so happen. either. It's that Utah game is the one that I'm thinking with it being the last game well, of the year. If there's one game out there, I would say they're not going to win. It's probably the, I. No one goes to Utah and wins. That's the only reason why I don't think they're going there and winning, even with even if Nate Johnson's the quarterback at that point, which hope to God he's not. But, but yeah, that's the. I really, Washington State is another tough place to play, but that's probably where I would give them the better shot on the road to win. But. They say it, it's so hard to say at this point. It's been a pretty crazy year to begin with. So uh, one last question here. Do you think so they're going to what the Big 12 next year, right? Or is it two years? It's next year, right? Yeah, because the Pac-12 is dying next year. Yeah. So do you think next year going into the Big 12 without Texas or Oklahoma that they could legitimately win it? Those two teams out of there, I mean, you're still going to have if Shador comes back, that's Travis yeah. coming back. Yeah, I think that's the year. yeah. Plus that's another the, year of uh, the portal. Well, neither of them have to come. Both of them are eligible to leave. I, I thought Hunter think. had to come back. I knew Shador was done. Or Is this just, was he just there one year at Jackson State? Maybe he was just there at one state. I thought so. I was thinking he was two at Jackson State, but yeah, I think he was just one. You're right. So maybe that is why Shador is talking about coming back. All right, so with that, we're going to get into the week four picks. Uh, this, is, this is one hell of a week for college football. Um, unfortunately, Carter's going to be going to the Ohio State-Notre Dame game because this is one of those weekends where you just want to sit down and not move for about 14 hours because there's there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, my heart will start racing at noon on Saturday because we play a noon game, which is absolutely ridiculous, but it is what it is. I know they don't want to go head-to-head with Notre Dame games it's probably why we're at noon but number four florida state is minus two and a half going on the road to clemson noon on abc 
Florida State moved to 3-0 last week, beating Boston College 31-29 to in a game that had Knowles fans very worried in more ways than one. First, Jordan Travis went down before halftime with an injury that looked like his season might be over. I, I literally was – it was the worst halftime I've ever experienced because I had no answers and it was not good. Um, thankfully, though, he came out in the second half, warmed up, played, and it, they won. Defense was another concern. Give up 457 yards to Boston College, and they are not a good offense. So for a game that had hurricane concerns, rumors that the Knowles might have had a flu bug going around, I, I it's a survive and advance week. I couldn't be happier. We got out of there with the win, and to me, that is truly all that matters. Uh, Clemson went to 2-1. and one. They beat Florida Atlantic 48-14. This game was once thought of as a preview of the ACC championship, but now if Clemson were to lose this game, their conference championships hopes are probably done. Um, is this the year's the is this the year that the Knowles finally get a regular season win over Clemson? That has not happened since 2014. Let's start with Reese. Yeah, Clemson's done well so far this year, limiting completion percentages, but they haven't matched up against Jordan Travis yet or any quarterback that's similar to him. He's going to need to be on this game, but I think the difference here is going to be Florida State's pass rush. Uh, Klubnik has a 38% completion percentage under pressure, so if they can get him uncomfortable, they can force some turnovers, make some mistakes. And hopefully that Knowles defense can capitalize after the close Boston college game last week. I think the Knowles will come in here a little bit more refocused. It's only a two and a half point spread. So I'm going to go with Florida state here. Carter. Yep. Uh, I've got Florida state 35, 27. They're going to cover. Um, I would have been a little bit more concerned if this was a night game at death Valley, Florida state, obviously was sleepwalking through Boston college week last week with this on deck and that's what I'm going to chalk that up to. Oh, I did think uh, Travis might have broke his collarbone there for a while. That was quite that's, worrisome. That that's the injury was... I thought he had because he even he when he was yeah. on the ground he pointed and when he pointed to it I was like oh no he heard something I like I thought he heard a pop and it was like he was done and I was like I, I was it was not a good few minutes there. Um, I'm with you guys. Obviously, I'm not going to pick against them. Um, I'll take the Knowles minus the two and a half. I. I I don't think it's going to be 2013 all over again, but I kind of have the vibe of 2013 where we're going in there as the much better team. Jameis went in there. It was a night game. Clemson was that Clemson hadn't really done shit yet. So they were, they were hyped up. I think they were a top five team at that point. And Jameis just beat, it was like 48 to 12. Like they just beat the shit out of them. Uh, this Clemson offense has not impressed me at all. And like you said, with club Nick, if, if we can get the pressure, which we, we should be able to. I, I, I think it's going to be a good Saturday start to the Saturday. So I'll take the Knowles minus the two and a half. So that's all three of us taking the Knowles. Uh, moving on, number 16, Oklahoma's minus 14 and a half at Cincinnati. It's noon on uh, Fox. 3 0, Oklahoma won at Tulsa last week, 66 17. Well, Cincinnati lost in overtime to Miami of Ohio, 31 to 24. This is the Big 12 debut for Cincinnati. How do you think they will rebound off the overtime loss last week? Start with Carter. Um, I think they were probably looking a little bit ahead to this big game against Oklahoma and everything in me wants to fade Brett Venables. Hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but I still think Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel is going to come in there and, and light up the scoreboard. So I got them covered. Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel second in uh, FBS right now in passing efficiency this year and that Oklahoma offense is tough to slow down. The only way since he, I think, keeps this game close is ball control, and they can do that. They are currently top 10 in the FBS for rush yards per game, but Oklahoma's covered the spread so far this year. I don't see that stopping here, so I'll go Boomer sooner, minus the 14 and a half. 
Yeah, I'm with you guys kind of echoing what, echoing what you guys are saying. Minus 14 and a half Oklahoma. I like that. I, I think the offense is too much. Cincinnati does not look like the Cincinnati with Fickle. So it's it's a much different team, you can tell. And uh, Gabriel's been pretty much lighting it up. I, I like what he's been doing. All right, so that's all three of us on Oklahoma. Rutgers at number two, Michigan, minus 24 and a half noon, Big Ten Network. Rutgers comes into the game surprisingly 3-0, and beating Vatek last week 35-16, to uh, while number two, Michigan, will be getting their head coach back after going 3-0 and without him, including a win last week over Bowling Green 31-6. to It is homecoming in Ann Arbor, but Michigan is 0-3 on the season against the spread. Is it time that they will finally cover a game? Let's go, Reese. No. Michigan hasn't covered <laughs> the spread so far this year. This is the first game back for Harbaugh. Both teams have really strong run defenses, and two of the last three have been one-score games against these two. So Michigan's going to win this game, but Shiana and the Rutgers are going to cover the 24-and-a-half. Carter? You pretty much stole everything I was going to say. Rutgers, I mean, stylistically, Rutgers plays good against the D, uh, the run, I mean, and Michigan wants to run the ball. So I think Rutgers can kind of stifle them a little bit. It is Harbaugh's first game back, so maybe he'll pull something out. But I've got uh, – Rutgers covering 35-14. Michigan still gets the win. Uh, this is not looking good for all of us because we're we're gonna be the same again. I, I went with Rutgers also. Really? I just I, I just think, think do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just think it's well, we've picked against Michigan every week, I think, and we've won every week. So I think we're just gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just roll with it. <laughs> though, though this is the first week, it's not like 39, it's at least down to 24 and a half this week, but but still right. I, I just think Rutgers is that type of team. They can control the clock. They can play defense. Like, and I mean, Michigan's been hit miss. It's not like they've been really setting the world on fire. So, and they haven't played anyone really yet either. So, I think this will be a, a finally a real team coming on the field against them, like we saw last week with Georgia. We saw what happened there. So, all right. So everyone's on Rutgers. Big game at three thirty on ABC. Number nineteen Colorado going on the road. Number ten Oregon minus twenty one and a half. Colorado beat rival Colorado State in double overtime, 43-35, to while Oregon beat Hawaii, 55-10. to Do you think Colorado can stay close enough to cover this game? And if so, do you think they can win this game? Let's start Carter. I do not think so. I think it's going to be a big letdown for him this week. With Hunter getting hurt, uh, the game last week was just – I mean, Dion was pulling everything to get him pumped up for that Colorado State game. I think they're just going to be let down. And Oregon is, I think, a boat offensively. Bo Nix has got him rolling. The over-under on this is like 71 and a half last I looked. And I, I got it going over, 45-28 uh, Oregon. Reese? Yeah, this is going to be a fun game despite Hunter being out. Um, Oregon has looked really, really good so far this year, especially playing really well at home. You guys know I love this Colorado team, but Primetime's going to get his first L this week, and I don't know that they're going to be able to keep it within three touchdowns, so I'm going to take the Ducks. Yeah, I, I think this is the first game we see the huge difference in the offensive and defensive lines in these schools. I think Oregon's going to manhandle them on both sides. Uh, I like Oregon to get the cover, and this one I, I think gets out of hand. I think this might be a 35-point win. Uh, so moving on to a team I can't stand, their back ranks for some reason. Number 20, Miami, minus 23.5, is going on the road to Temple, which is a very interesting road game, 3.30 on ESPN2. Miami's off to a hot start, 3-0, beating mighty Bethune-Cookman last week, 48-7, while Temple enters the game 2-1, defeating the Spartans of Norfolk State last week, 41-9. Temple's only loss this year is the undefeated Rutgers. Do you think they can cover the 24-and-a-half? Let's go, Reese. 
Yeah, Miami's putting up points this year, and Van Dyke is being hyper-efficient. He's throwing a 76% completion clip right now. Uh, Temple has not been consistent this year, so I'm going to go Hurricanes minus the 24.5. Sorry, it was a it is a correction. I did say it wrong. It's 23.5. Sorry. 23.5. Either yeah. way. Yeah, right. Carter? <laughs> uh, I got a 22.5 on DK, actually. Um I got Miami winning this. I think they're just overall more talented than Temple. But I had, I think, I, yeah, 38-17, I got Temple covered. But Miami will win. So you are going with Temple to cover? Yes, sir. All right. I am actually taking Miami minus the 23 and a half. I just, it's one of those things where I, I don't think Temple's going to be ready to play a team like this. Uh, Miami's offense has been rolling. I'm pretty interested to see if they – so this is actually a good test. They'll be on the road in Philly, see what happens, get out of their normal environment, see what happens, and uh, see if they can continue the road here. They they're, might make a run to the ACC championship, so I'm interested to see how their season continues. Uh, next, number 22, UCLA going on the road to number 11, Utah, minus 4.5, 330 on Fox. 3-0 UCLA beat NC Central 59-7, while Utah defeated Weber State 31-7 to uh, to move to 3-0. Chip Kelly, for some reason, refuses to name a starting quarterback this year, but freshman quarterback Dante Moore has started two games in a row now, and I would assume he's probably going to be making his first Pac-12 road start at arguably the toughest place to play in the Pac-12. Utah does have some quarterback questions of their own, as we've talked about every week. Will we finally see Cam Rising? I've read that they're going to be making a medical decision on him tomorrow if he's going to be cleared to play or not. Or are we going to keep seeing Nate Johnson, the running sensation? Utah's won 14 straight at home. Is the streak in jeopardy this week? Let's start with Reese. Yeah, 14 straight at home. This is a high-scoring game last year. UCLA came on top by 10 points, uh, but that was in L.A. So now they're traveling to Utah. As great as UCLA's uh, Dante Moore's look so far, uh, they really haven't played a great game yet between the San Diego State, Coastal Carolina, and NC Central as far as teams are concerned. So give me the Utes here, minus the 4.5. All right. Carter? I'm with you. I got uh, Utah winning 35-28. First big road test for Dante Moore. I mean, is he going to be able to rise up to the occasion? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Um, I can't believe neither of you mentioned uh, the old Ball State Cardinal, Carson Steele, for UCLA there. <laughs> Hoping to see he gets in the box. Um, yeah. But I think uh, the road test is going to be too much, and I got Utah winning and covering. Same. I, I This line to me is insane. I don't understand why this line is four and a half unless the whole Utah team is – ill which i don't think is the case i'm assuming rising is going to play too by the way that's what i I would think too because official but yeah he practiced last week with no issues and then they didn't play him and i would i mean i would assume he's playing but hell who the hell knows it's been an interesting thing with him but yeah i'm on utah also minus the four and a half uh lane kiffin and old miss number 15 going on the road to number 13 alabama minus seven 330 on cbs Ole Miss goes to 3-0, beating Georgia Tech 48-23, while Bama defeated USF 17-3. Kiffin's getting the media started early this week, questioning who's actually calling the plays for Alabama's defense, while Bama has issues on the offensive side of the ball. After last week's horrendous performance, Bama is going back to Jalen Milrow. Uh, With Alabama in disarray, as this year Kiffin and Ole Miss finally get the win. Let's start, Reese. Yeah, it's not a secret. Bama's been struggling to find the answer behind center, and this is not a game to have problems like that because Kiffin's team is rolling on offense uh, with Jackson Dart and that plus 200 efficiency rating. 
It's a little scary for me because I don't know if Bama's going to lose two in a row at home, but I'm I'm going with Kiffin here and taking the Rebels plus a seven. Yeah, uh, st- strangely enough, I, I'm with you. I took Ole Miss plus the seven, and this is one of those games you feel every year that Kiffin's going to come back and like show something and give them a competition. I feel like Bama just beats their ass every year. So it, I'm, I'm picking Ole Miss just on what I've seen the last few weeks, but maybe Bama comes to life this week. Carter, one thing I want to ask you with your pick, uh, I know Tommy Reese is your boy. Uh, are, is this a one and done for Tommy Reese in Tuscaloosa? And then also, what's your pick on the game? Man, it is not looking good for Tommy Reese. He has got out in front of his skis way too quick, which it's not his fault. I would be taking a call from Saban, too, and going down to T-Town. But right. it's not looking good. And the old saying, if you have multiple quarterbacks, you don't you have, have a none. quarterback. Yep. Uh, Buckner's Buckner was Notre Dame starter last year at uh, the Ohio State game season opener. And I had high hopes for him there, and he looked terrible last week. They pulled the hook, and it sounds like Milrow is uh, going to get the start this week. I've got Ole Miss winning outright, 31-28, money line. I'm going to put some on that. And uh, Kiffin's going to upset Saban. All three of us just picked Nick Saban to lose to Lane. Yeah, this is going to I don't, I don't think that's all. good. Yeah, this I is not like going to end well for I'm us. I'm flipping everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> might bet the world on Alabama now. <laughs> All right, so next, number 18, Duke, minus 21 and a half. Going on the road to UConn, 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Blue Devils moved to 3-0, beating Northwestern 38-14 last week. They will go on the road for the first time this season to face 0-3 UConn, which lost to the airport last week, 24-17. I'll just go first. I'm taking Duke, minus 21 and a half. They're the better team. UConn, they showed signs last year like they were going to be up and coming, and then I don't know what happened with Mora this year, but they've really been awful. Um, I'm just taking Duke outright. They're the better team. I don't really think it's a close game. Reese? Yeah, Riley Leonard and the Duke offense are doing well, particularly on the run side of the ball. Um, I I don't have much else to say here other than I'm taking Duke minus the 21 and a half. Carter? Yep, I'm with you. Love Elko and uh, Riley Leonard and Duke. The one thing I will say is they got a big uh, game next week at Notre Dame. So maybe yeah. it's a look, look ahead spot and maybe they mess around a little bit and UConn somehow backdoor covers or something, but yeah, Duke. All right. So uh, UTSA going on the road for number 23, Tennessee minus 20 and a half, four o'clock on the sec network uh, struggling UTSA moved to one and two after losing the army 37, 29. Well, Tennessee lost another one at the swamp 29 to 16 to go to two and one Carter, What are your thoughts on this? Can Tennessee cover the 20 and a half? Yeah, I got him blowing him out. I got put down 42-20. I think Heupel's going to take out a lot of frustration in that loss last week to Florida, and they're going to come out rolling at home. Reese? Yep, that's exactly what I have here. Rocky Top coming off a tough loss against the Gators last week. Joe Milton, the Vols, are going to take their frustration out on this team, especially uh, I believe Frank Harris is out for UTSA. So, yeah, give me the Vols in the minus 20 and a half. Yeah, it kind of sucks. UTSA was one of the better teams to watch last year and like the mid-major teams. They they were very good and fun. I thought it was going to continue into this year, but it seems something is not the same. Um, I'm with you guys. Tennessee minus the 20 and a half. I like that. Uh, going to move Arkansas going on the road to the real Death Valley at number 12 LSU minus 17 and a half at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Arkansas got soaked by BYU last week, 38-31. Well, to move to two and one while LSU dominated Mississippi State 41-14. Last year, LSU won 13 to 10 in a battle against Arkansas. How do you see this one going? Let's go, Carter. 
Oh, my boy uh, and his family down there in LSU. <laughs> uh, I got them. They're going to win the game, I think, but I got Arkansas uh, covering it. Uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't watched too much Arkansas ball. It looks like LSU's got it going. I've seen Malik Neighbors had a couple big touchdowns last week. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to actually take Arkansas covering the 17 and a half. Reese? Yeah, that's my, my concern with this game is that the last three games have been decided by three points. But if Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors continue to get going early, I don't think it's going to be a contest. So I'm going to take the Tigers minus the 17 and a half. Yeah. KJ Jefferson is uh, very fun to watch. Um, he's going to keep any team in the game. I, I I do like what I've seen from LSU. Even ever since the, the Florida State game, they've been rolling. Um, granted, they played Grambling State one of those games, but still. I uh, I like LSU for the cover here. I just don't think Arkansas can contend. I think LSU's – I'm actually going to go ahead and say, I think LSU's going to win the SEC this year. I I would not have said that at the beginning of the year, but judging from what I've seen, how a few teams have started and how they've LSU's continued, I, I like LSU to win the SEC. That's, that's an early season pick here that I'm taking. Uh, big one in the Pac-12, number 14, Oregon State, minus 2.5 going on the road to Pullman, number 21, Washington State, 7 p.m. on Fox. Beavers go to 3-0, and beating San Diego, yeah, San Diego State, no, South Dakota State, sorry. No, it was San Diego State, sorry. I just put SD State. That was my bad. It was San Diego State, Brady Hoke, 26-9, while Washington State handled the Bears of Northern Colorado, 64-21. Um, with all of the great games this week, and this one kind of gets a little overshadowed, but this one's going to go a long way in determining who is in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, who do you have winning this one in Pullman? Let's start with Carter. Um, I've, I put it down as 35-31. Washington State's going to get the victory outright. Uh, I just think Uwe Angale, man, when it comes to the prime time, he's looked a lot better at Oregon State. But I have Definitely. a feeling he's going to turn the ball over late and Washington State's going to pull up the upset at home. I'm actually surprised by this line. I know Oregon State's ranked higher, but I'm really surprised Washington State's not favored in this game. Reese? Yeah, I think this is probably – it has the potential to be the most underrated game of the week. Um, Uyagale versus Cam Ward, I can see this being a relatively high-scoring, close game, but I do think Washington State has a chance to pull the quote-unquote upset here with Oregon State having the minus two-and-a-half, so I'm going to take Washington State. Yeah, we're uh, we're all in line again. I, I like Washington State at Jeez. home. Cam Ward is fucking awesome. Like I, I know no one watches Washington State play, but I do, and I love <clears> Cam Ward. He's, he's fun as fuck to watch. He's awesome. Uh, Charlotte number or Char sorry, all three of us took Washington State. Charlotte at number twenty-five, Florida minus twenty-seven and a half, seven p.m. on ESPN Plus. Charlotte and the best dressed coach in college football, Biff Pogi, lost to Georgia State forty-one twenty-five, while the Gators beat Tennessee twenty-nine to sixteen to go to two and one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Let's start with Reese. Yeah, Gators coming off that win against Rocky Top, but they have not been really playing that well on the offensive side of the ball besides their game against McNeese. Uh... Who did you pick, Reese? Sorry. I think something's going off with your mic. We can't. Carter, go ahead. Um, all right. This is one I didn't put a whole lot of notes down on, but I've got four of them. 42 17. I got covered the 27. So you have Florida covering the 27 and a half? Yeah. 
All That's right. not on my end, was it? Then okay. So I'm actually taking Charlotte to cover the 27 and a half. Reese, you copy? You hear us? You're muted on our end, but it's our. Can you hear him, Carter? No, I can't. Okay. Oh, I'm actually taking Charlotte in this game to cover the 27 and a half against Florida, and you were take you took Florida, correct, Carter? Yep. Yep. I got Florida 42-17, but I don't know too much about the 49ers of Charlotte there. <laughs> well, if you've never, if anyone's never looked up Biff Pogi, he's definitely worth a look up. It's an interesting man. He's awesome. You will fall in love with him immediately. I, I promise you, you will <laughs> fall in love with him immediately. All right. So moving on, uh, big game in the Big Ten. Minus twenty four, Iowa, or number twenty four, Iowa at number seven, Penn State. Minus fourteen and a half. Seven thirty kick on CBS. Iowa's becoming the new greatest show on turf, putting up forty one points in a win against Western Michigan to move to three and zero, traveling to Happy Valley to face three and zero Penn State, which beat Illinois thirty to thirteen last week. Carter, what are your thoughts on this one? Man, Iowa's got some offense. What's going on here? This is amazing. Huge game at Penn State. Uh, the spread's kind of, was it 14 and a half? Is that what we got? 14 and a half. Yeah, 14 and a half. Um, I think Penn State will win at home in the wideout, but I, I got Iowa covering that spread. I think it's too much. It'll be a tight game all the way through. I am with you on that. I, I have Iowa covering. Um, I actually became a huge fan of Iowa for about five minutes when I thought that Brian Ferentz gave the greatest press conference of all time until I saw it was AI and it wasn't real because goddamn, if that was real, it would have been awesome. That If you haven't seen that, that's definitely worth a look up. <laughs> Reese, um, I know you've been big on Penn State this year. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, first, can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yes. Okay, sweet. Well, uh, that, that previous game, I'm taking Charlotte in the 27 and a half, just in case that wasn't clear. Um, moving into uh, Penn State, you know, Iowa's won those last two meetings against Penn State, but I don't think they're going to make it a third. This team's protecting the ball well. Defense is limiting opponents, especially on the run. And it's also going to be a wideout game, uh, which I do think has some impact, uh, especially when you're in Happy Valley. So give me the Nittany Lions minus the 14 and a half. All right. And Carter, you are in Iowa, right? Yep. The cover. Penn State will win, but they'll keep it tight. That's kind of my thought, too. I'm on Iowa for the cover, but Drew Aller just hasn't, like, I've been expecting more from him. Like, the the offense hasn't done what I thought it's going to do, and Iowa definitely has a team that can contend. Like, I I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, Iowa's got to stay in it early. If Penn State gets going and they they get out 14-0, then it might be a butt-whooping, so. Yeah, we know Iowa's, well, I I did just deem them the new greatest show on turf, so maybe they'll surprise me. Number three, Texas, minus 14 and a half, going on the road to Waco for Chip and Joanna Baylor, 730 ABC. <laughs> Texas is now 3-0 and after beating Wyoming 31-10 to last week, while Baylor got their first win of the season, beating the Long Island Sharks 30-7. to What a fucking team. That is. Who, uh, who do you got on this one? Uh, let's start, Reese. Fucking Chip and Joanna. You kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, the, the home team's won the last five meetings, but I don't think Quinn Ewers and company can snap that streak. If this were a 16.5-point spread, I'd be a little bit more nervous, but um, I'll take Texas on this. Carter? Is Texas back or what? I think uh, they might be. I'm, I don't care how many games we're still waiting. this year. We're still waiting. We're still waiting to see. But yeah. Everyone says it's too early, but they, they're back against Baylor. They're going to roll and cover this, no problem. 
yeah, uh, I'm with you guys. Texas minus 14 and a half. I uh, had quite a lot of agreeing on here. It's kind of concerning. All right, Carter. We're, we're, we've made it. Number six, Ohio State, minus three and a half. At number nine, Notre Dame, 730, NBC. Ohio State moved to 3-0, beating the fighting towels of Western Kentucky 63-10, while Notre Dame goes to 4-0, beating Central Michigan 41-17. Ohio State has had a pretty weak schedule so far, playing IU, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky, while Notre Dame has played Navy, Tennessee State, NC State, and Central Michigan. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord last week went 19-23 of 23 for 318 yards and three touchdowns in his first game after being named the starter. Uh, Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman's having a great year so far. 71% of his passes for 1,061 yards and 13 touchdowns. Still hasn't thrown a pick on the year. Um, I do remember a few years ago, Georgia was playing in South Bend, and that stadium was red. Carter, first question, how do you think the stadium's going to look Saturday night? And two, does this start the run to the college football playoffs for the Irish? Uh, you broke up there at the end. The road to the what? The college football playoffs, playoffs for the Irish. Okay. Um, so Pete Sampson actually dropped an article on The Athletic today about what they've done this year to kind of stop the sea of red coming in here. It started back in the 90s. Nebraska came in. It was like 50-50 red. Um, so they've done some things. They've changed the pricing. And at the end of the day, you can't control the secondary market. But I think a lot of Notre Dame fans believe in this team. So I think they're going to try to make the trip and – We'll see. It's going to be a green out. Everyone, uh, their team's wearing green jerseys, and uh, everyone in the stands is supposed to be wearing green. And I do think this is a step to the college football playoff. If not now, when we finally have a quarterback. You've seen all the quarterbacks we've rolled through. Tyler Buckner <laughs> can't start at Alabama. <laughs> Drew Pine got whooped at Arizona State last week. Uh, oh, yeah. at uh, Pitt looks terrible. We haven't had a quarterback. Hartman Savvy, six-year senior. Um, and he's got a great offensive line to protect him. Um, are we doing the picks now? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I think I know pick. where you're going. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I mean, the homework call, Notre Dame's going to win this game. Um, I do think the quarterbacks get a lot of attention, but it's going to come down to the trenches again. And Ohio State kind of whooped us up front last year, to my surprise. Um, this year, though, I think – I mean, both our tackles are going to be first-round picks, likely. And Audrick Estime is the bell cow. They're going to feed him. And that's the recipe to beat Ohio State. We've seen it through the last couple of years. Um, so I got Notre Dame winning 31-28 outright. All right. Reese? Yeah, this is a tough one. Kyle McCord, he's he's starting to get more and more settled in. Um Notre Dame, I don't think, is matched up against this type of offense yet this year. Uh, Sam Hartman does look really good. The the three and a half is what scares me here. So I I don't I can see this potentially being a three point game. I'm gonna go with the Buckeyes, but I'm not confident about it. So Ohio State minus the three and a half for you. We finally have a goddamn disagreement on this show. It only took ninety games, but <laughs> uh, so well, I heard, I knew going into this what Carter was gonna pick. So I figured I'd just throw <laughs> right, a wrench into the system a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So my philosophy on this game is, and Carter kind of hinted to it there at the end, if I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm watching the fuck out of the last two Michigan-Ohio State games. I, That is the way. Control the ball, run all over them. Hartman can play action better than probably any quarterback in college football. 
I mean, I watched him run the slow mesh at Wake Forest and pull out of that and hit guys endlessly over and over and over again. Still hasn't thrown a pick. He's been very accurate, 71%. I, I am taking Notre Dame for the outright win in this game, and I think it is going to be a faster game. Balls or clock's going to be moving constantly. Beat them with the run. And estimate, Jesus Christ, that guy is a – I text Carter a few weeks ago. Like, this dude is an absolute monster. And he broke off like a 70-yard run on the first play after that delay a few weeks ago. I think it was NC State. Like, this this dude is just ridiculous. Like, uh, they're going to have a hell of a time contending with him for four quarters. So, I actually am taking Notre Dame with the outright win, plus the three and a half also. So, we do have a disagreement there. Two of us on Notre Dame, one on Ohio State. I think that's only the second game we've disagreed on so far. And also, I, mean, I kind of said earlier, um, this is my 30th Notre Dame game oh, yeah. I've been to. So uh, I bring a little bit of extra luck to the Irish. My all-time record is 23 and 6. So that's mm. like a, yeah, that's almost just under 80% win clip. So 30th game, we're going to get a big dub come Saturday, and I'll be celebrating all night. I, I hope that uh, you'll be storming the field. I want to see you on the field. I'm going to try. Put Marcus, <laughs> put Marcus Freeman on your shoulders. I want to see it. That'd be awesome. They won't let me near him. No, I know. <laughs> All right. So uh, going from that great battle to this one, UAB is going to number one, Georgia, minus 41 and a half, 730 on ESPN2. UAB lost to the Raging Cajuns last week, 41-21 to go to one and two, while Georgia beat South Carolina 24-14 to move to three. and Reese, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, man. Uh, Coach Dilfer traveling to Bulldog Country, right? Uh, UAB is averaging 45 points and losses so far to both Georgia Southern and Louisiana. This is a pretty big spread to cover, but Georgia is also a little bit more systematic with their play style. So even if they put up 48, UAB just needs to put one touchdown on the board here. So I'm going to roll the dice and go with UAB. Carter? Yeah, I'm not touching this game, but I've got Georgia scoring 49 points and holding them to nothing. Maybe they get a touchdown. So, yeah, that that spread is just kind of awkward. I hate these big 40-point spreads. Yeah. Well, you got to pick one. Which one are you saying? You want 49-0? You want Georgia? (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm with Georgia. Yeah, I got Georgia 49-6. He's like, I'm just not going to pick this one at all. Wait. (laughs) I don't even want on my scoreboard. 49-6, you said? So, you have Georgia covering? Yep, barely. I am taking UAB also. I think it's too many points, and I like that uh, I just – what I saw from Georgia's offense last week and kind of what we've seen from him all year, like I've been waiting for Carson Beck to light it up, and he hasn't done it yet, and I think UAB has the potential to score 10 points, so I don't think they'll cover. Uh, so number 17, North Carolina, minus 7.5 going on the road to Pitt, 8 o'clock on the ACC network. North Carolina beat down Minnesota 31-13 to to move to 3-0, and while Pitt lost the backyard brawl 17-6 to become 1-2. Carter, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I've got North Carolina uh, covering 28-17. I think uh, my former Notre Dame quarterback is going to struggle in the spotlight there, Dracovic, and, yeah, I got Drake May and the Tar Heels rolling. Reese? Yeah, I'm a little surprised this line isn't bigger, to be honest with you. North Carolina's been playing pretty well. Last year, Drake May had almost 400 yards and five touchdowns on offense. Pitt's coming off that loss. I think North Carolina capitalizes, so I'm going to take the Tar Heels. Yeah, I'm going with uh, North Carolina minus 7.5 for the exact same reason I said last week against Minnesota. They've got the better quarterback, and they've got the better roster. I, I just I like North Carolina to keep it rolling. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of with you on the line. I, it seems pretty odd. 
Uh, number five, USC minus 35 and a half going on the road to Arizona State, 930 on Fox. USC is coming off of a bye week, traveling to Tempe to play Arizona State, coming off of a 29-0 loss to Fresno State. Uh, that loss moved Arizona State to one and two. It was an awful performance by Arizona State's offense. Uh, the quarterback, Jaden Rashada, was out. They played three different quarterbacks in that game. Every single one of them threw at least one pick. They totaled five picks altogether. Uh, the offense also had three fumbles, so they had eight turnovers total. Uh, USC is traveling to Boulder next week. Uh, is this a look-ahead spot, or will it be a confidence boost for the USC defense that needs to continue their run to the college football playoff? Let's start with Reese. Yeah, Trojans are coming off that bye week. Sun Devils team just laid that goose egg against Fresno State. I think USC team cranks us up early and often, so I'm going with the Trojans minus the 34 and a half. Or 35 and a half. Yep. I, no, you're good. I'm with you, Reese. It's not going to be close. I think I put the yeah, 52-14. USC is going to roll. It looked like they might actually have a bit of a defense this year, which might not matter with Arizona State because they're just going to give them the ball at will, it seems like. So, yep, give me USC covering here. I think we could form a country village football team that could stop Arizona State's offense right now. The uh, I will take USC minus the 35 and a half also. And, yeah, this one should not be close whatsoever. Probably a 50-point win. Uh, Cal going on the road, number eight, Washington, minus 20 and a half, 1030 on ESPN. Cal beat Idaho last week, 31 to 17, to move to two and one, while Washington beat the absolute shit out of Michigan State, 41 to seven, to go to three and oh. Carter, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, man, there's so many good games. Uh, that is the one thing about going to a game I'm going to miss a lot. Uh, Michael Penix is rolling out there in Washington, and he continues this week. I got uh, Washington over Cal, 38 14. Reese? Yeah, Washington won last year, but it was a closer game than expected on the road. Uh, Penix is currently on a Heisman campaign right now, and he's looking really good so far, like Harder just said. Cal's pitch points that run offense. It's averaging almost 250 yards a game, but I don't think it's enough. So I'm going to take the Huskies here, minus the 20 and a half. Yeah, I really like Cal's defense. Uh, I, I like what they've been doing. I just, if this game was at Cal, I would be a little bit different feeling. But in Washington, I'll take the 20 and a half, and they keep rolling. And Penix, my God, uh, this team is on. Un- I say it every week. Washington's unbelievable. It's I can't I can't wait till they get. I, they've got some big games coming up, and they're going to be awesome to watch. That does finish the top twenty-five picks. Going to roll into the wonderful Muncie six-pack here, starting off on Thursday night, tomorrow night, Wisconsin, the Dairy Raid, Mad Cow Disease Raid, minus five and five and a half at Purdue. Uh, Wisconsin beat Georgia Southern 35 to 14 to become two and one on the season, while Purdue lost to Syracuse 35 to 20, moving to one and two on the year. Uh, let's start with Reese. Yeah, Wisconsin's got one of the most dominant earned games in the league with Brain Allen and all those guys. I think they keep it going here, so I'll take Wisconsin minus the five and a half. Carter? I am picking Purdue outright. Night game at Purdue can kind of get kind of rowdy there. Um, and Wisconsin turned the ball over a bunch last week, uh, short week. Give me the Boilers at home in an upset 28-27. So I don't have Purdue outright. I do have Purdue covering. Purdue's played some damn good team. I mean, they've played Syracuse and they played Fresno State. Like, those aren't slouch teams to play. I mean, I know Wisconsin's loss is on the road in Pullman, which is impossible to win in also. So, I mean, these are two tested teams. I do like Purdue at home a little bit more. I like what I've seen from them. I like their defense. They're, if one team can defend the air raid, it should be Purdue. So I, I kind of like what I see from them. I'm taking Purdue to cover also. 
Uh, moving to Saturday at noon, Auburn at Texas A&M minus seven and a half on ESPN. Auburn is three and zero now, beating Samford forty-five to thirteen, while Texas A&M rebounded off their loss to Miami with a forty-seven to three win against UL Monroe. Both of these teams have some big games in the next few weeks. Who do you think will start their run with a win in this one? Let's start, uh, Carter. Um, I think Texas A&M is going to win this. I've got them winning by uh, double digits, actually. Uh, it's at home, and I just think they're the better team overall. Reese? I'd like this one a lot more if it were six and a half and not seven and a half. Um, I think there's a real chance for Auburn to take this outright, but at a minimum, I think they're going to keep it close. So I'm going to go with Auburn in the seven and a half. Yeah. I, again, I think this is an interesting game. Um, I, I like more the fact that it's a day game. I think Auburn might've been a little bit, I know it's kind of the opposite with them being the road team, but in the day game, I, I do like a and M minus the seven and a half. I, I think it'll be a convincing win. And then we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams real soon. Cause it gets real tough after the next few few weeks. Uh, so we're going to our favorite city in the world now, Georgia Southern minus six and a half going on the road to play Ball State and Mighty Muncie, two o'clock, always on ESPN Plus, never need real television for the Mighty Cardinals. Two and one, Georgia Southern coming off of a loss to Wisconsin, travels to number four ranked best tailgate spot in college football where the Mighty Cardinals beat Indiana State last week, 45 to seven. Let's start with Reese. Yeah, Ball State looked great at home last week against Indiana State. Georgia Southern's coming in 2-1 and one with their loss coming against the Badgers last week. I'm saying another one at home for the Mighty Cardinals. I'm going to take Ball U plus a 6.5. Carter? Man, another homer pick for me. I've, I've got Ball State 31-28 winning at home. It's going to get oh, rowdy in the shoe, and uh, <laughs> the Cardinals are going to get the dub. Is the not, shoe a not, new name for the parking lot across the street? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's rowdy. I don't know if I ever made it into half. the shoe, but. Yeah. yeah. Se- I made it in a few times. Rowdy. Yeah. I made yeah, it a in. couple times. Hell yeah. Um, might, have, might have to boot and rally. So I'm I'm going to be the asshole here. Uh, I like Georgia Southern. I think, they're really, I think they're really good. Uh, I think they actually probably win this game by like 15. I'm taking Georgia Southern minus the six and a half. Uh, my apologies to Pizza King and the Mighty Cardinals. Uh, Texas Tech minus six and a half going to Morgantown, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. The Red Raiders got their first win of the season last week, beating Tarleton State 41-3, while West Virginia won the backyard brawl against Pitt 17-6. Do the fighting Neil Browns win again in Morgantown? Let's go, Carter. Um, I've got – what did I put down here? I've got uh, Tech winning, but Virginia, West Virginia is going to cover at home, getting the touchdown. Uh Yep, go ahead and give me West Virginia here, plus six and a half. Reese? Yeah, West Virginia coming off that big win. Turns the temp down on Neil Brown's seat by maybe 0.1 degrees. Uh, he, he still needs to keep momentum going here. Texas Tech hasn't started their season their best. I don't know if West Virginia is going to win this one, but I do think they're going to at least cover the spread. So give me West Virginia in the six and a half. Yeah, and I'm going to continue that. I got West Virginia also covering. I, I'm kind of with you that that win – did a little bit for Neil Brown, but for as bad as he's been, we're going to need a little bit more. A win here goes a long way, though. I, I, West Virginia fans probably want them to win this game, to be honest. But I uh, I think West Virginia gets the cover here, maybe even the outright win. Uh, BYU going on the road to Kansas, minus 8.5, 3.30 ESPN. 3-0 BYU won at Arkansas last week, and they will travel now to Lawrence, Kansas, for their Big 12 debut against 3-0 Kansas, uh, which was actually in a surprisingly like tight game last week against Nevada. Uh, let's start Reese. What are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, Kansas coming off that tight game last week. Um, heading home to play the Mormons, matchup of three and O teams. I think Kansas can win this game, but I don't know if it'll be by more than a touchdown. So I'll take BYU uh, plus the eight and a half. Carter. Yeah, my thoughts too. I've got BYU uh, losing but covering. They'll keep it to about a field goal, probably eight and a half. Just seems like too much to me. So give me the Cougars. And the six pack bringing out all the differences this week. Uh, I I got Kansas minus eight and a half. I like them at home. I love Jaden Daniels. I, I like what I'm gonna. I, I, that team is very fun to. I love them. Like I, that is a great team to watch. Kansas and Kansas State, which we're gonna get to next. I've talked a lot about both of those teams. I think they roll at home. Probably a twelve to fifteen point win for Kansas. Uh, UCF going on the road to Kansas State minus five and a half. Eight o'clock on FS1. UCF is now 3-0 after beating Villanova, traveling to the Little Apple to face a Kansas State team coming off of a last-second loss to Missouri. Uh, John Riles Prumley, quarterback for UCF, is out for this game. So this line is shocking to me. I I believe my Kansas State team is going to get back on track. I am taking them minus the 5.5, and and I'm really shocked at this line with Plumley out, but maybe there's something I don't know. I'm taking Kansas State. Uh, let's go, Reese. Yeah, I, I went back and forth between this game and another game for my lock for this week, especially after finding out the Plumlee was out. You know, Kansas State's coming off that that big loss against the Missouri Tigers. Uh, they lost Daniel Green for the year, but it's a Big 12 opener in Bill Snyder Stadium. Kansas State's offensive line should be healthy for the first time this year. Knights don't have Plumlee, so give me Kansas State minus the five and a half. Carter. Um, I had... I didn't know the quarterback was out, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns. I've got Kansas State winning, but UCF covering the five and a half. And that that's went down. It was yeah, six and a half when we first started. So I'll stick with uh, UCF covering. Just be opposite of you two. <laughs> All <you>. right. <laughs> Kent, Kent State, Mighty Mac School going on the road to Fresno State, minus 27 and a half, 1030 p.m. CBS Sports Network. One and two, Kent State beat Central Connecticut State last week, 38 to 10, while Fresno shut out Arizona State 29-0 to move to three and zero. Fresno cornerback Carlton Johnson picked off all three quarterbacks that Arizona State played last week, making him the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, I made a little statement last week that takes Fresno's win streak to 12. First, does it continue this week? And two, uh, what are your thoughts on Fresno being the the Group of Five New Year's Six team? Let's start Reese. Ooh, I don't know about them being uh, part of the 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 six there. Um, I mean, Kansas State's really struggled to put points on the board the first two weeks of the uh, of the year, and they couldn't turn it around until they played Central Connecticut State or whatever the team was. So it was them. Yeah, I, I think it bodes well for the Bulldogs. So I'm going to take Fresno State minus the twenty seven and a half. But I don't know if I'm ready to to say they'll be part of the six. Carter? They might not be part of the six, but give my kid the Heisman. He picked off all three quarterbacks last all week. All three of them. Yeah, has it. that ever happened that's, before that's in a got, game where you picked off three different quarterbacks? It was awesome. Yeah, that's got to be I was one of the record. Yeah. I had to be one of the few people watching that fucking game on the East Coast, but I was. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, a, <laughs> um, it's an, that's an incredible feat. Yeah, that's a stat I've never heard. I mean, three picks in a game is one thing, but then getting three different quarterbacks? Right. Wild. Um, I got Fresno State rolling here. I think Kent State's pretty terrible. I know that's a lot of points, but it shouldn't be no problem for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I got I got Fresno rolling too in the valley. Keep it going. Uh covering the twenty seven and a half. 
So that concludes the Muncie Six Pack. It is time for Locks of the Week. We're going to start with our wonderful guest here, and hopefully he doesn't pick the team in South Bend, like I'm expecting him to, but <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see what happens here. Carter, what is your Lock of the Week? I really had a problem locking one in, but I think coming on here being a guest speaker or a guest picker, which thanks a lot for having me on here, I got to stick with my Irish. I would have liked it uh, earlier in the season. You could have got eight and a half, nine points, and now it's all the way down to three and a half. Yep. As long as it's a three and a half, I feel comfortable with that because it's going to be a tight game probably either way within a field goal. So give me the Irish and uh, my upset. I know you guys don't do upsets, but I wanted to pick uh, Ole Miss as my lock but I'm going to have them as my money line pick of the week. So, Yeah, we don't typically – normally what we'll do is as we're going through, we'll just say, like, I'll take them straight up. Like, instead of actually making a money line pick, I do that sometimes and recently yeah. sometimes. But, yeah, but I think we were all with you on that one too. Yep. All right, Reese, what do you have for your lock of the week? Oh, man, I got to keep this streak going, so it's a little bit of a pressure point at this point. Um, I – I've been going back and forth between the UCF at Kansas State game and the UCLA at Utah game, but I'm going to go historically based on how Utah plays at home, and I'm going to I'm gonna say the UCLA at Utah game is my lock for this week, and I, I can see from your eye roll this is probably what you picked. Yeah, so for the first time this year, uh, we are going to have a double lock. You just fucked me. Uh, Utah, <laughs> Utah minus four and a half Damn it. was my pick. There goes the streak. <laughs> So it, man. we're uh, we're both going to be uh, having an interesting weekend now. So I guess what we do is we just throw seventy five million dollars on Utah minus four and a half. And we either have the greatest week ever or the worst week ever. See what happens. Yeah. All right. Here. So double locked Utah. Me and Reese Carter on the Irish throwing in a uh, Ole Miss money line pick. Reese, do you want to throw a money line pick out there? Just, I mean, I know we don't normally do it. Do you have anything that you would throw out there as a money line pick? If I'm going to throw a money line pick out there, give me the UCF at Kansas State game. So you would you would take UCF then? I'm quickly scrolling through to see if I. Mm. So my uh, my money line, give me Purdue. I like Purdue for the money line. Yeah, Get that bet out of the way early in the week on Thursday. That'll be nice. Yep. Yeah, put me on the. Sp- spot there i don't know i'm just gonna stay i'm just gonna stick with my lock right now i'm not gonna pick a money line game because you've got me all flustered right now because i know i'm gonna (laughs) lose this week we're not gonna lose we're not gonna lose i think i've only missed i think i've only missed one college lock my every nfl lock i've lost you want some yeah, terrible were... NFL betting advice on locks? Uh, watch the NFL edition of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I have not hit one yet. I'm owing. I guess we've only had two weeks. I'm owing two. And actually, I'm well. We'll get into that on the NFL podcast. I've got a huge caveat to my lock last week. I got really screwed by Sean McVay. So yeah, but, but we're going to get into that. Niners didn't do you justice. <laughs> yeah. So that is uh, that's going to wrap up the Tuesday night. Touchdown podcast, NCAA edition, week four picks. Uh, I want to throw a special shout out to our guest picker, Carter, Notre Dame fan. He'll be in attendance in South Bend Saturday night. Um, If the Irish keep it rolling, uh, we'll probably see him again at some point soon. I know we've got Duke coming up. They've got USC coming up. Um, So we've got chances. They play Clemson this year? Yep, at Clemson. That's what I thought. So a few more chances. Might see him back, um, unless his picks are awful. We won't bring him back. We'll see. If he goes over 500, then we'll, we'll consider. Uh, yeah, or if he does or if he does better than we did. He, either one of those, you're not I'm back on the show. 
That's true. Shoot, shoot, uh, shoot, shoot it. Make sure you shoot us a photo on Twitter um, on where your seats are at and stuff, so we can get that on the. I'm I'm really hoping that you have the uh, the same usher hookup that we had because my God, I think I was on Florida State's bench. Like I was, that was crazy. Oh, that was amazing. I'm not sure I'm going to get that uh, lucky <laughs> yeah. this time. I'm sitting uh, in the south end zone, just left of the uh, student section. So looking at the video board, pretty good nice. seats. That's awesome. So should be an awesome time. Very good. Well, hopefully it's a good time. Um, let's say hit send our uh, Twitter page some pictures. We'll share them to everyone. Uh, that's going to wrap up, though, for this week. Um, anyone on our social media, if you want to send us your locks or whatever, hit us up on there. There will be no picks posted this week. We actually had lines for every game this week, finally, so we don't have to worry about that this week. Um, so everything is good. We'll see everyone next week. Like I said, tune into the NFL edition of the podcast also. Uh, for I'm Jacob Workman at Jacob Workman on Twitter, Reese at Z Reese Downing on Twitter, and Carter at the T-H-A-A Carter on Twitter. Hit up all three of us. Have a good week, everyone. And uh, let's let's make some money this weekend again. Keep college rolling. See you, everyone. See you guys. See you. Thanks. <laughs>